this podcast and actually my business wouldn't be as pretty if it weren't for our friends from Musicbed. Find the perfect song for your films with a highly curated roster featuring hundreds of artists, bands, and composers. As a Wedding Bossness listener, you could get your first month of subscription free or 20% off of a single song purchase. Just enter the promo code WEDDINGBOSSNESS when you check out. Or just click on the link in the show notes. Are you trying to figure out how you can market or stay relevant during this pandemic? Aliyah Harris is here and we are talking about websites that convert even during a crisis. Welcome to the Wedding Bossness Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Santiago. If this is your first time listening, you should consider subscribing because this is the podcast for you especially if you're focused on creating an effective system for your wedding business more than the aesthetics and design part. I mean, yeah, it's definitely part of it, but what's the point if the follows and the likes don't turn into dollar signs, right? I'm just obsessed with the process, and just like you, I want to learn from the source, the people that the best in the industry learn from. That is the quality of the guests you'll meet here. Mohammed Saad said, A successful website does three things. It attracts the right kind of visitors, guides them to the main services or product you offer, and collects contact details for a future ongoing relation. Those are the keys. So the interview with Alea Harris is coming right up after the intro. This is the Wedding Boss's Podcast. Leah Harris is the founder and owner of Flourish Marketing, an agency dedicated to helping wedding, catering, and event professionals reach their full potential through fresh, cutting-edge marketing strategies that get and keep a consistent stream of clients. She is a firm believer that the business owners should make good money doing what they love, and she spreads this message through her role as a thought leader in the industry. Alea has made it her personal mission to support catering and event businesses in their growth and help them to reach their definition of success. Her decade-plus long career as a chef and catering company owner paired with her wealth of expertise in marketing are matched with a remarkable work ethic, providing her clients with an engaging and interactive experience that inspires them to take action. As a professional speaker, she fosters valuable discussion about actionable marketing strategies, and profit-driven storytelling is an effort to inspire her audience to take charge of their businesses' financial futures. Her in-depth knowledge about social media marketing, branding, sales conversion, and effective marketing tools have earned her spots and top ranks on stages across the nation. Man including the special event and cater source. She also serves as the marketing committee chair for, for NACE National and is a story brand certified guide. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, Alea Harris. Hey, Alea, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So I read your bio and I looked you up 
And you did a little stalking. That's I, cool. I did a little stalking, not social media, more of like professional stalking. Okay. <laughs> and I, with the list of your accomplishments, I feel like we could talk about more than just websites, but let's, let's stick to the websites. Because... Okay. <laughs> we'll see how the conversation takes us. <laughs> so before we start, I, I usually love to ask this uh, f- to my guests. Tell us something about yourself that people would probably be surprised to know about. Surprised to know about. Well, um, I don't think that most people know that I speak Spanish fluently. Um, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I just speak it. I don't really share. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I love it. I grew up speaking Spanish and, and English and it's always kind of cool, especially when people think that they can talk about you without, you know, <laughs> I've heard stories about that where, you know, um, most of the Spanish speakers that I've talked to, they look like super white and they, hear spanish people talking and they and then they butt in especially when they're talking about them and it's so funny like the reaction of people yeah it is so i i always love to hear about origin stories and i would love to know um what your origin story is and what what got you into into the industry and what you're up to right now Awesome. Whenever I hear the words origin story, I always think superhero, but I don't think I've quite gotten to that level yet. I don't have the ability to move things with my brain yet working on it. Um, (laughs) So I um, grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and I went to the University of Southern California here in California and I was business. I was hard into it. I was going to be in business management. And I got in out into the world and I started in the fashion industry. And I'm like, wait a minute, I actually don't like this at all. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, maybe cosmetics. Oh, no, still not for me. And it was when I got laid off um, in the cosmetic industry that I said, okay, I got to figure out what I actually like to do. Because when you work from the center of who you are and that joyful place, that's when abundance and success really follows you, right? So one of my sorority sisters, I'm a member of Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority Incorporated. One of my sorority sisters was over at my house and she was eating my food. And she says, you know, you should go to culinary school. I eat here all the time. It's my favorite restaurant. Your apartment is my favorite restaurant. You should go and figure out what to do with that. And I said, you're absolutely right. So I went to culinary school. I graduated um, top of my class from the Cordon Bleu. And while I was there, I had the best piece of advice I've ever received. And it was a grumpy chef instructor who said, you know, you're good and all, but you're going to still have to work like 10 years um, in a restaurant at minimum wage before you're ever really able to do anything with yourself. And I'm like, excuse me? Uh, You must not know me, nor have we clearly, we've never met. And I took that piece of advice because I like to use everything for my learning and upliftment to go, okay, well, if I don't want that to be my story, what am I going to do? So while I was in culinary school, I started a catering company. And I also started a private chef business. And um, I worked with a variety of clients. And as soon as I graduated, my first full-time client was Stevie Wonder. And I traveled the world with him and, and cooked and had a great time. And I always think about that chef instructor, because I'm like, 
well, this is not in a restaurant working 14 hours at minimum wage now, is it? And I, I took that success and I kind of rolled forward with it. With the key lesson in that for me being when you follow what you know to be true about yourself, then you're able to turn that into something that benefits you and uh, the world. Because I truly see food as a way to convey culture and love to other people. So I did that for a little while, did the private chef thing. And then I said, okay, well, what else? I have this other degree. What can I do with it? And and then I started working um, at Google's food program um, as a vendor working for a large corporate food service company named Guggenheimer. And I loved it. I felt like being on that team and helping to develop Google's internal food branding was like changing the world, right? Through food, one person at a time. And I went from there and I rose up to be the head of marketing for North America. And then, then I sat there at that level and you're not really that much involved with food anymore right when you're when you're in that kind of executive place you're thinking about so many other things that i had gotten away from what really made me passionate and what really made me joyful which is where all of my success had come from in the first place and when i had that realization i said okay i'm let's figure this out so i started the company that i own now which is flourish marketing which helps people in the wedding catering and event space get and keep a consistent stream of clients so now i get to stay within my passion i get to talk to people in that space who are constantly helping other people celebrate the biggest moments of their lives and i just i love it i'm back in that center of my talent i mushed all of my experience together and then i get to bring it out to the world so i think that that is is my origin story least for now <laughs> it's crazy the the chef i remember the chef you, you said like he said you need to be in 10 years and blah 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 do you think that is him setting your expectations because you know usually when you're like teaching someone you could already see potential right mm -hmm. it's easy but then since he's grumpy <laughs> i don't think his specialty is motivational <laughs> no <laughs> wouldn't say that that's where he should go as a next career choice <laughs> motivational speaking <laughs> but i i feel like that's that is uh something that people need like uh, a push he probably wasn't intentional but it was something that needed to be said i guess huh absolutely whether he knew he was doing me a favor or not that's why i always say it's the best piece of advice that that i received because it caused me to look inside and become internally motivated and 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 it, i didn't set up my whole career just to prove that person wrong but it was the impetus for me to look and say okay, well, what do I want? Because I was just kind of floating along in culinary school, like, oh, I'm going to go and cook and it's going to be great. And that moment was when I really said, wait a minute, what are my options? How far could I really go with this? Um, and it took me far. That's good. It, I, I feel like for me, uh, <laughs> not to bring my personal life in, but I- Oh, I bring just, it on. <laughs> just, just going through the- all my entire life, everyone has been so supportive and my parents are like, you can do it. What, you don't want to go to school? Yeah, go, go for it. And, you know, it's always been kind of like emotionally easy for me that I feel like I needed that chef in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure 
that that chef has probably shown up in your life in some way, shape or form, maybe not in that same way, but you are a successful individual. So there's got to have been a nudge somewhere. My husband tells me that I'm that nudge. So your wife probably has contributed. (laughs) I was just going to say that when I started my own business, that's where all the chefs came in. (laughs) Now there's too many chefs in the the kitchen. to have super strong opinions about your business, right? Like, I was like, I thought this was my business. No, <laughs> I actually, in general, like especially now, social media, everyone has an input. So, <laughs> yes, that is so true. <laughs> so, I, I'm curious now how you got into specializing in websites. Is it because you know? Uh, is it because like it's the the most core basic thing that you need or is there another reason for it so website i i specialize in all things which is like an oxymoron i know right but for i specialize in helping people build a marketing funnel so the marketing funnel you have a way to attract people at the top you build relationships here in the middle and then you close at the end and a website is one of the larger components one of the most visible components to building a marketing funnel so I got into websites once I became a story brand certified guide. So I was doing them before, but they were, I was part of the problem. I'm a little embarrassed to say. I was creating websites that were pretty pictures that might have had some cool little movement going on, but they weren't, they were really just like online brochures. They weren't causing action in the way that the websites that we design now do now they're designed to convert because they use the story brand SB seven framework story brand is based off of a book by a man named Donald Miller. Um, the book is called building a story brand. If you haven't read it, go pick up a copy. Don't change your life. It, once I read it, it did change mine. I read it and I said, I need to figure out how I can bring this to all of my clients. And I went and spent some money and got certified. Um, And that framework teaches you how to go through a a website like a story, like the most captivating story. So when someone is on your website, they go, ooh, that's me. Ooh, I bet that they could guide me through my problem. So think of like your favorite one of the movie that I watched most recently was actually Treasure Planet, which is a Disney movie, <laughs> animated Disney movie. Ooh, I from love South. that. I that love that movie. movie. It's actually a really good yeah. movie, but I don't know if a lot of people have seen that one. So let's use one that more people have. Seen. <laughs> <laughs> let's use uh, Harry Potter, right? That's a big hit. Harry Potter starts off with, you see what normal looks like, and then immediately there is a problem, right? Harry, uh, Lord Voldemort, kills Harry's parents. Harry has a scar, something's up, and then he goes and lives with horrible relatives, right? And you see him then dealing, you know, jumps forward. You see his life is horrible, and then a guide comes in. He has several guides throughout the entire book on movies of Harry Potter, whether it's Hagrid or Dumbledore or Hermione, they all are guiding him because they're experts in something. And he's the hero going along this journey. And he has other issues and there's villains. And then eventually he lands in the land of success. And the whole way, I mean, especially if like you're me, we, we've been to Harry Potter world in Universal Studios, like probably more times than I'd like to admit. 
actually there's like we dress up it's whole thing so if you're like me and (laughs) you're really into harry potter you were captivated with the books and the movies all the way through because it constantly is positioning a problem and solving the problem you can have that same emotional reaction using the copy and the layout of your website. Your website doesn't have to just be a brochure. And by using that narrative framework of, of the hero's journey, you're able to nudge more towards the sale. So most websites, especially in the wedding industry, and I review a lot of websites for free, so I've seen hundreds of websites. Wedding websites usually start off with we plan exquisite weddings for the happiest couple and the happiest day of your life. And it's like, what? Like, it means absolutely nothing, right? Is instead, you really want to start off with the number one marketing message that you are not using. I don't even know you, lovely listener, but I know that you're not using it. And that number one marketing message is the problem of your customer. Just like how Harry Potter started off the movie with, ooh, there's a problem. He, you know, parents die, scar on forehead. That's the problem. And now you're engaged to try to figure out what the solution is. That's how you need to start your website. So you might start off with a question. If your ideal customer is a member of the LGBTQ community, you might start off with your website with, Don't you hate it when planners just assume that you want a bright, big rainbow wedding just because you're a member of the LGBTQ community? Wouldn't it be nice if someone understood your personal style and how this wedding symbolizes your love regardless of who you're getting married to because love is love? That type of questioning starts off with, oh, well, that is the problem that I'm feeling. And oh, they get me. It combines empathy and problem solving. So I got into website design because I wanted to be able to take people through that step and those stages on their website so that their websites actually help them make money as opposed to just being pretty pictures. That happens really easily. We like pretty things in this industry, right? Like I love a beautifully plated dish. I love some great decor and the newest rentals and beautiful photography, but there needs to be substance behind that that actually causes action. And that's why websites need to be more than just pretty pictures and how I started doing it. You're so right because... uh... I feel like when it comes to like social media, for example, it's just all pretty pictures, right? So you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and it, it your work just gets drowned out from all mm. of this noise, right? And you're right, the, the, taking them through a journey and uh, I, I guess just, it, are you saying that you're recognizing that you're trying to solve a problem for Yes. And the the biggest thing is that your job is to be able to have your visitor recognize that you're trying to solve their problem and that it's a specific problem that you're trying to solve for them. So that's why, like, I gave that example of super generic website text. If I land on that website, I mean, yeah, I, I might buy from you, maybe. But if you hone in on exactly who you are solving the problem for, then you're able to really dig deep and understand what their pain points are. So when they land on your website, it's almost a no brainer. They're like, Oh, this website was created just for me, just for people like me. You, you might be a wedding planner, but you don't, 
need to plan weddings for everyone. You might be a photographer. You don't need to shoot every single wedding of every single type. One, you might not even like to do that. And two, it'll take you out of the center of your craft. So the results might not even be as good as if you niche down to what you truly love to do and the people that you love to work with. So now that we're talking about that, in my head, I'm already like, there's so many things that I need to do in my website. We've been in business. This is our 10th year. We're approaching our 10th year. Congratulations. Thank you. And our website has always been pretty pictures or phrases like, we can't wait to film your wedding and blah, blah, blah. But now I changed uh, the front page being the blogs, the the most current blog posts where, Mm -hmm. you know, like how to give a wedding speech and blah, blah, blah. My question is, for someone who has gone through so many rebrands and so many or starting out, what's the, the most important thing that we need to do first? I would start with your headline. So the piece of your website that people see before they scroll down is called above the fold. It's taken from old newspaper language where you literally had to fold it, right? Everything above the fold is the most important real estate on your website because website visitors are lazy and they don't like to pay attention for long periods of time. So you have about three to seven seconds when someone lands on your website to grab their attention and to show them that they're in the right place and that you understand the problem and that you are the person to solve it for them. So at the way that I like to construct the tops of websites is up top left, I usually like to have the person's logo or brand name and because people read things in a Z formation. So the top left is a logo and the brand name. The top right is your money box, your cash register. What that looks like is a button that is clearly distinct that says, get a quote, schedule a call, book now. It doesn't say contact us. It doesn't say something cute and clever like, let's get jazzy. Nothing like that, right? It's very clear because when you confuse, you lose profits. So you want to be clear, not clever or cute when it comes time to asking for money. And by putting that in the second place that people look, what you're doing is you're really setting up your website visitors to say, this is a relationship. I want to have a relationship with you, but it is a transactional relationship. We can be BFFs as long as you pay me for my services. By putting that there, it sets a, um, a already a little bit of a signal that this is not for you, tire kicker. You are going to have to pay me. I'm asking you to take action. So you go from top left, top right, then you go across the middle. Across the middle, I like to have a full bleed image or a video behind of success, whatever success looks like for your client. So success could be um, pictures of an event. It could be some videos of happy, smiling people. What you're trying to do is to have them instantly know what you do and know that people that work with you are happy about it. That's what that image does. You can have a scrolling images roll through on the top, but keep the words stationary because scrolling words are too confusing for people. Again, short attention spans, you only got three to seven seconds, right? The words right in the middle of your website 
need to say things that that's where your headline goes. It's short, less than a sentence, right? Your main headline, and it should say who you are talking to and what you do. So ours say, we help wedding catering and event professionals get and keep a consistent stream of clients. That's why you're there. If you were a wedding catering and event professional and you wanted money, you're like, oh, I'm probably in the right place, right? And it says it big and bold. And then I have a subhead that talks about that we do it through marketing education strategy and tools. So it gets a little bit more into it, but it's, that subhead is still only like one or two lines. And then right under that, again, I have two buttons. One is the call to action. Again, that's the schedule a call, uh, get a quote. And it looks, that button looks exactly the same as the one that you had on the top right. Next to that button, we have what's called a transitional call to action button. That button is all about how you're grabbing people onto your email list. If you are not building an email list, this is not what this particular show is about, but I highly encourage you to do it. It's one of my number one ways of building relationships and closing sales. So that button would say, download the guide, take the quiz, watch the video series, whatever free piece of information you're giving away in exchange for an email address. And then as you go down, then you start with adding in some of the values that you add, the problem, testimonials, and you build upon that story. But if you're going to change anything, I recommend changing the header because that's the most important real estate and where you will get the biggest bang for your buck. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. (laughs) I just realized what I was doing wrong and... This is wow. This is okay. Cool. Well, now you got to share. Well, what were you doing wrong? Oh, I didn't want to put words on the website anymore because I so the website right now it starts with like a, a montage video, which is like the background, so there's no music or anything, but you can see like a montage. And the bottom, uh, right below that is are the blog posts. That's mm-hmm. But I have a I have a guide. That I the people can download and then I capture oh, yeah. their email. So yeah, yeah. it works, but at the same time, you're right. Like they don't know what they're gonna expect. The the middle of the page is the blog post. Like right now, mm-hmm. uh, our most recent one is how to make a speech on your fiftieth wedding anniversary. Because I just oh. did I just did a fiftieth wedding anniversary, and you know, <laughs> that's a that. good topic. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, try to update that every so often just so I I feel like our website, I'm turning it into since I I have a separate podcast called How to Wedding and it's for wedding planning in SoCal, SoCal inspired wedding planning that's in the website. So when they go to the website, they're going to see our credentials first uh, before our real because uh-huh. I want to help them first before I sell it to them. Absolutely. But, but I would yeah. love to show you my website. <laughs> so I would that's... love to see it. I would love to see it. I mean, you can, I'll, I'll just go and, and take a look. Yeah. Just I do free website reviews. If I mean, it's at flourishmarketing.co slash website dash review. And uh, you can pop it in there oh <laughs> and it'll gosh. get okay. added to the queue. I'm going to type that down, but. Yes. So flourishmarketing.co slash website dash review. Website dash review. Oh my gosh. And then I'll take a look at it. Oh, that <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. So 
now that we talked about the keys to having like a very effective front page, that's front page, right? Mm -hmm. What are the top uh, mistakes that people make that's costing them a lot of money when it comes to their website? But before you even think about what your answer is, I'd love to quickly thank our friends from HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a CRM, which stands for Customer Relationship Management System. And that software helps us manage and organize our customers' data. Clients always comment on how fast we respond to their inquiries. Since HoneyBook is one of the only small business CRMs that has an app, we get an alert every time someone fills out our contact form and then we are able to send them a brochure right away. It all boils down to the customer experience. The more you make it easy for them, the more comfortable they will be in handing you their money. By eliminating that part of your business, you get to have your life back and your clients will get the experience that they deserve. Win-win. So if you use my referral link, you'll get 50% off on your first year. That's not all. I really want you to succeed. So once you become a member through us, you'll be getting a 30-minute phone call to answer your questions about anything, your business or HoneyBook. Just click on the links in the show notes. I'm so sorry. What was your answer to my question? One, you don't ask for a sale. Um, there's, it's hard to figure out how to work with you. Contact us doesn't count. You need to have that cash register button. Um, two, I don't know what you do. So we often suffer from the curse of knowledge because we've been doing what we've been doing for so long. And we assume that the name or the title lets people know what problem that we solve. And, and it really doesn't. You need to be very explicit. We are a full service wedding planning company. We are an Italian catering company. We shoot wedding videos. <laughs> you know, you need to talk about that very clearly on your website because people aren't going to spend the brain cells for it. Another thing that that's costing people money is that they don't have the process for working with you. That goes back in line with what is the, the curse of knowledge, right? You've been doing what you do for years. You know exactly. You book the client, they get the contract, you do the work, they're happy, they give you a great testimonial referral, whatever it is, whatever your process really looks like. But they don't know that. Hopefully they're getting married once or maybe twice, right? They don't do this on a regular basis. If you're, if you're just doing weddings, right? This is, they don't hire wedding videographers every day. So it's a little bit of a daunting task. So by putting a simple one, two, three step way of engaging with you, first click, get a quote. When you do that, this is what happens. Second, you book with us. We have a clear, transparent contract, and this is, we'll set up a plan for you. And third, you have the best stinking wedding video you will ever see. Social ready. Like that is what you put. And so people are like, oh, it's so easy. There's a lot of subsets underneath that. But by saying, Oh, I can follow it. You've just clarified the process, which means that you're closer to that sale. You lose sales when you confuse people. That brings me to the next point. You know that big old block of text that's like this long in the middle of your website and the font is like this small? No one's reading that. <laughs> it, could, it could be literal like Pulitzer worthy content. No one's reading it. People scan websites. They don't read websites. So 
if you don't have headers down your website that you can read without reading anything else and know what you do, what problem you solve, who you solve it for, and what they should do about it, then your website's not going to be effective. So you can have smaller chunks of text underneath very large and blatant headers. Um, we all design websites for grown adults, but we sometimes, I think, give grown adults too much credit. Like, we're like, oh, well, they're read, they're educated, they got money to spend, they're good. Yes, all of that is true, but talk to them with headers and big block text like you would in like a kindergarten classroom, right? Put the most apparent thing out there first, and then when they're interested, they'll take notice. The next thing that people do is they do not have enough information on their homepage. This goes back to the laziness factor that we've already touched. People are not going to click through. They will eventually, but if they don't have enough reason to click through, they're not going to. You need to give the full story on your homepage of what you do, who you solve for, how to work with you, how to book with you. And then that lovely three paragraph about section, you can still have a page for that, but include it in your footer. The next thing, I don't even know how many we're at. We're just, I'm just, this is my last one. <laughs> I think we're at six. <laughs> okay. The next thing is that you need to minimize distractions. So that I, I've seen like people have like double menus or triple menus at the top. Where it's like, I can make all these selections on where I want to go on this website. And what you think you're doing is you're coming from a place of service, making it easy for them to navigate wherever they want to click. What you're actually doing is overwhelming people. Take all that stuff and put it in your footer. Unless it is a buy now button or a transitional call to action button or something that is like super critical for them to know when they first land on your website, move it to your footer. And that includes your social media icons. Move your social media icons to your footer. If you have them at the top, what you're saying is, oh, you're here, but I want you to go somewhere where you actually can't spend money with me. So you want them once they're on your website to stay on your website. The goal of your social media is to build the relationship so that they come to your website and buy from you, not for you to then just become social media famous, because I don't know about you, but my uh, water company doesn't take social media followers as payment. So you want to make sure that you have the dollars in the bank account and they do that on your website. Okay. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I promise that was the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we got like seven. <clears throat> That's good. As you can tell, I really am passionate about layup, website layout. <laughs> you don't even have to read anything. That's that's crazy. <laughs> so now that I, I'm just trying to like process all of this because sorry, you you know it, it's just I I think it's more of the excitement, especially for me. Like a lot of wedding business owners, I'm pretty sure they just design their own website, right? So. At, at least for me, I, I'm getting a little overwhelmed, but more the, the excitement is more kick, kicking in more than good. Yeah, so good. I, um, one of the <clears throat> things I left, and this is like spoiler alert: if you download this, you will end up on my email list. But it is a good guide because I do have a website checklist for you to go through, so you can look at your website and check off the things that I mentioned and more. So if you go to flourishmarketing.co slash freebies, there's a bunch of freebies on there. And one of them is a website checklist. So if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, <laughs> then everyone's probably feeling overwhelmed and that you can go step by step on that checklist. It's probably helpful. Okay. That's cool. I, I really appreciate you 
doing that too. Oh, now that I asked you all the mistakes and we already talked about the, are there any other ways to highly convert with the website or that's it, right? You, you pretty much talked about all of them. Um, I don't know if I've talked about all of it, but let, that's good the for basic. now. Okay, Start okay. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how important is your website when it comes to, cause they, they always say that your website is your business card. Hmm. Like you direct people to your website first more than anything. And since you're a marketing expert as well, how, how should people use their website now when it comes to um, current events? Because I feel like uh, I was talking to you earlier about this, and I feel like when it comes to current events, social media is when you use um, addressing uh, the, the COVID, the pandemic, and you know, uh, uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter, and uh, Pride. Uh, we're recording this in June, so you know it's Pride Month. So, how do you address that, and how do you use your website for it? I've seen a, a range. So, you could so similarly to how people have COVID resources, you then you might have had a banner, you might have had a button, or you added a pop up that slided up or was a full page pop-up, you can do the same thing for the support of Black Lives Matter movement or Pride. A lot of times for Pride, people might change, not change their logo, but encircle their logo with a rainbow. So right now on your website, if you wanted to change your website, it would be like kind of funky, but cool. You might have a badge at the top that you know, encircles your logo in a rainbow. You might then have a link for COVID resources. And then you might have a banner right underneath it that says, this is how we are standing in solidarity with the black community. So you can add touches that kind of pop up and move around because a website by nature is a dynamic thing. One of the things that people forget about websites is that it should not be set it and forget it. If it is set and forgotten about, <laughs> conjugate my verbs, it was set and forgotten about, you can kind of tell, right? It starts looking stale or stagnant, or especially if you use WordPress, your plugins might break and stuff just looks funky, right? So you should be refreshing content on your homepage and pictures on your homepage periodically anyways. So having that be part of the timely discussion makes a lot of sense. However, I say this about any marketing, whether it's on social media, whether it's a website change, don't just change the thing and say the message. You have to have a guiding principle behind it. Because right, especially now that cancel culture is becoming a big thing, right? Oh, they didn't really mean that message. Cancel. Cancel Wendy's. Cancel. Who was the last one I saw? Hobby Lobby or whoever. Cancel them. And we're boycotting them because they didn't back up their statement. So before you change anything on your website or your social media, you need to really understand what do I stand for? When I link them to something, is it a, is it a systematic uh, process that we're doing internally to make change? Is it to donate somewhere? What are we really doing? And then make that change. And that goes across all messaging platforms. Okay. Yeah, it, it was tough. Uh, I was telling you earlier when everything happened, everyone had their own opinion about it. And 
there are opinions that we can address. There are topics that we shouldn't first. We didn't know what to do. And now, how do you feel about linking? Uh, I'm sure a lot of people do this too, like linking your Instagram to your website. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? And which part of the website should the social media feed be in? Got it. So on your website, it needs to be in your footer, not in your header. You can even on the bottom have like a, a scroll of your actual feed. If you post regularly, regularly doesn't need to be every day. I encourage daily posting. It could be a couple times a week, but if you haven't posted for two months, don't put that feed on the bottom. So again, this goes back to those are the what everyone else sees, but you need to get your house in order first. Before you fix that, you need to go back and say, okay, do I have someone on my team or am I going to really make an effort to put together a strategy of what I'm going to post every day? Then you can put that on the bottom of your, of your website. Um, your website is incredibly important, but your Instagram bio is also important because that is um, homepage part two is really how people use it and think about it. Um, That link is incredibly important. When you link to that, the pages that you link back to need to like make sense for your posts. I am constantly posting about, well, here's check out this press thing I did, or here's a resource on that. Well, I can't be changing that one link all the time. So I use, um, I have a couple of different accounts, but I use Linktree or, um, or tap bio, tap dot bio, um, so that I can have multiple things that people can see when they land on my bio and multiple links. Um, I also recommend if you're going to be talking about things on your website, which you should be, you post a blog, for example, like you're saying you're posting a blog, then you're going to post about that on social media and in your social media bio, it should have a link to that blog post and you should post probably about that same blog post using different language a couple of times because people need to see that message a couple of times you work that into your content strategy and you schedule those posts in advance i like to use later.com to schedule posts there's also um hootsuite which is a great one hootsuite i particularly enjoy because later.com doesn't include linkedin um And LinkedIn is starting to like, really like we're getting close. Like I was dating LinkedIn for a little while. I'm probably in a more serious relationship with LinkedIn now than I have been before because their algorithm actually seems to be getting more engagement than um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, Especially because Facebook and Instagram are heavily, heavily rely on the ads model. I've been testing out both. I'm not an expert in LinkedIn or LinkedIn ads yet, but I have seen success um, with them rather quickly. And I really like how you can target. You can you can target on Facebook and Instagram, but you can target kind of differently on LinkedIn. And and people are like, oh, but LinkedIn is for professionals. And I always like, well, don't your couples work, right? Don't they? <laughs> they have jobs, right? So you can still target them on on LinkedIn as well. So. Long story short, put your Instagram stuff in your footer, have a plan for it before you do, and make sure that you are linking to specific pages uh, on in your LinkedIn bio. Okay. Well, th- now that you brought LinkedIn to, <laughs> to the conversation, I, I know this isn't about websites, but you're a marketing expert, and I feel like I need to ask you this because for the past few months, 
I'm friends. I'm on, on social media. I'm friends with a lot of vendors in my area, and you know, from all over the U.S. And the last few months have been a revelation of the personality of people. Like you, open your social media at, at like seven in the morning. I'm like, what? What is she saying? So, how how do you? What's your advice to people? who don't use LinkedIn for work. <laughs> so are you saying they use it for other things or or you're saying you want to use LinkedIn for work? <laughs> Let me rephrase it. So I was like, Let, uh, I'm not going to step my foot into something stinky. You all have to clarify that. <laughs> what, 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 what's your advice to people who use social media um, for work, but also their personal life? And, you know, they post a lot of like different links and that, mm. you know, you know what I'm talking about. The, the, that might the, not be appropriate. That might not be appropriate for their business. Yeah. Like what's your, because I feel like they should just be on LinkedIn and then leave your personal stuff personal. But now well, it's just like an open book. So, well, but it's not just leave it on LinkedIn. So I have LinkedIn, but then I also have a Facebook business page pages. I have a Facebook business page for Flourish Marketing, a Facebook business page for Alea Harris, and a Facebook business page for the Social Media Pantry. So, And then I have different strategies for what I post on each, which is relevant to what I want to be known for, what I want those brands to be known for. Now, there are people that send me Facebook friend requests, and I have my Facebook friend, my Facebook page pretty locked down. You can see that it's me. You can see the links to my professional pages. Publicly, you can't really see my posts. And I I decline a lot of friend requests because my personal page is actually for people who I know. You might be in the event industry. So I have friends that are members of NACE, and, and we, you know, we are actually friends in real life, like I could call them up. That's different. So, and then on there, I, you know, might be more relaxed, but I still also keep in mind that anywhere on social media is a public forum and you, whatever you post anywhere can still be tied back to you and your business. So I grew up when I was on Facebook, when it was just for colleges, right? And you used it and you you was like, you know, any, you know, self-respecting girl in college used it like the FBI to figure out who her crush was really dating and all of that stuff, right? Because everyone posted everything. And as it evolved, some people didn't evolve with it. And you have to evolve with the platform. It is no longer as personable and as intimate as it once was. And you have to treat it as such. You, it's not a personal therapy session, even on your personal page. If you want to talk to somebody, form a Facebook group that's closed and private that people can't share messages out from, right? Or call up someone or Send them a private message. And still, I mean, obviously, anything that you write in writing is still shareable. And there's also screenshots. So be careful still what you say. But if you are a business owner, no public forum is non-business 100%. That doesn't mean on my personal page, I'm constantly talking about my business. I'll post funny memes. I'll post pictures of myself as a kid, vacation photos. But I also... I'm fully aware that at any point in time that could affect my revenue stream, which I'm quite fond of. So I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize that. 
Does that answer your question? Yes. Well, okay. the, the reason why I ask that is because, you know, we're talking about story brand and storytelling. So when you say story brand on your website, are you saying that this is the story of the customer, you being the guide going through the journey, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That is absolutely right. Your website should not be about you. Your website should be about how your customer and their problem and how you can help, help them solve it. And in the end, it's not how you are the hero coming in to save the day. It's how you're guiding them to solve their problems. At the end of the day, they're the ones being congratulated for the most beautiful wedding anybody's ever seen. They're not saying, oh, well, your planner must be great. No, it's their wedding, right? It's their hero moment. It's their time to shine. Okay. That, that's the <clears throat> way to do it. Very clear. I like that. The reason why I ask the whole personal thing on this social media is when you bring in your story, because you kind of need to bring in your story into your website, right? How much, how far should you go? Like how much of your story should be in the website? I uh, relate it to what I sell and, and to what I do and, and to what I think will build a connection. So I have flourishmarketing.co, but there's a page on flourishmarketing.co that's flourishmarketing.co slash Alea, right? It's about me. And so on there, you'll like book me for speaking, all that stuff. But then I could talk about how I really like a good hot stone massage. And I, you know, my husband brand is my favorite person ever. And I love Japanese whiskey and mac and cheese, hopefully with lobster only really that's baked, not like what these new ranky dang people are calling mac and cheese with like pasta, then they pour cheese sauce on it and they serve it to you and they think that's cool. That's offensive. (laughs) (laughs) I digress. (laughs) So, but I chose those things because they they can't be used against me. So I like Japanese whiskey. Uh, yeah, everyone should. <laughs> right. I, and they also help me um, form connections. Um, one of the things before I was married, I wanted to be married. Right. And, but I realized that being single as a woman, I don't know if any other woman has ever experienced this. And this probably has something to do with the patriarchy. We can have a whole nother podcast episode about that. But as a single woman, I didn't feel as respected as a married woman. Now that I'm married, and I've been married, we got married November 2017 in obviously the wedding of the century. <laughs> every, every person says that about their wedding. Um, since I've been married, I, I have noticed that people interact with me differently. And there's a different respect that came from that. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to throw my husband on my website. I'm a chef and I talk to food people. I'm going to show the food that I like on my website. Um, I'm also want to show that I'm human and I really enjoy personal growth and that's just the core of me. So I threw that on my website and yes, I really do like a hot stone massage and I really do miss my massage therapist, Jared. If you're out there, hopefully I'll see you soon. (laughs) So it's, it's those things, but none of that can be taken or twisted. None of that makes me um, too far to the right or too far to the left where people can't relate to me. I choose something that you can say, oh, she's solved my problem. And I could probably talk to her about food or whiskey or massage or whatever. That's when you, those are the kind of boundaries that at least I set um, when I'm trying to humanize myself, because I also have a tendency of 
not. I, I had to do it on purpose because I was so into, no, 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 no. I'm going to solve your problem. I'm going to do it. A, B, C, D, D. And then I read my own website. And I was like, well, that sounds like super mechanical. I don't want to be like that. And that's not me. It needed to reflect my personality. You sprinkle in a little bit of personality and that's how it, I, I guess that's how um, you attract the clients you want. Exactly. Exactly. And I tend to attract clients that I love where I'm I don't have any clients that I don't love working with because again it goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning about my or superhero origin story um I found that I am best when I come from the place that I have the most joy and the place where I feel the best um and that's what I can give to the world the place where I feel like I'm truly giving of my true self And when you do that, people recognize that and gravitate towards it. And the people that recognize it are the people that you want to hang out with anyways. And that's how you, you know, I, I guess since this topic is um, websites that convert even during a crisis, you know, when you put your opinions on social media, like address, just address like the issues then clients will also gravitate towards you, right? There's like-minded people. Absolutely. And one of the things, you know, people are like, well, I'm scared to talk about issues. I'm scared to talk about this and that. I might lose clients. I might um, not have vendors want, not want to work with me. And I say, well, why would you want to hang out with those people anyways? Exactly. Right? Yes, you might lose people. Yeah, I you know, email out my email list and, you know, email marketing is a big deal for me. And I'm like, I wonder how many people are unsubscribed. And then I got petty. I'm not going to lie. I looked at who unsubscribed and I was like, mm -hmm. let's see what state you from. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a little petty, but truthfully, I didn't have that many people unsubscribe, but I did when I was starting to send out messages, supporting um, the black community, supporting the LGBTQ community. Um, That's not everybody's, that's not the place where everyone is at. And hopefully we can hope that they get to a place where they recognize the, the beauty in all humanity, but not everybody is there. Um, but if you are there, don't let that deter you from being an ally to people who really need your voice. People need to have non-marginalized groups speak. Read that as white people. So when white people talk in forums on their Facebook pages to their email list, using their podcast, using their platforms, they're able to reach audiences that marginalized, traditionally marginalized groups are not able to reach because people, those people wouldn't even follow me on Instagram. Those people wouldn't even open my email. Even if I was on, you know, the biggest TV show or the biggest news channel, they might just switch the channel because they're not interested in hearing from a message from someone that looks like me, but they might hear it from you. And if you're really about that life, which I hope that you are, then now's the time to shake off some of that fear and use your platform to be able to make true change. And your website can be that platform. Your social media can be that platform. Um, it matters what you say, and it will matter to the longevity of your business because uh, you don't want to be part of, the people that get canceled. Man, that's the best way to end this interview. <laughs> that's amazing. I was just going to say that um, I really hope, I really hope that people start uh, changing their minds about, you know, these things because it's just, 
more than anything, it's really heartbreaking, especially the people I call friends and people I look up to. People, I don't know if it's cab- cabin fever or just people are losing their minds and it's it's nuts. So yeah. I really hope, I really hope that this year would be, would end really well for everyone. Yes, me too. I mean, we all could use a win, right? Yeah. Am oh, I yeah. right? I could just, you know, if someone wants to just be like, you know what? Today is ice cream day. That's all we're all going to do today. We're not going to feel guilty about it. We're going to put sweatpants on. I'd be so over it. I just need something yeah. to be like, you know what? Today is a day that I didn't have to worry about the world's issues. And we all have a win. Um, but we create those on on our own on our own terms, right? Creating wins for ourselves and for, for each other, which is hopefully what everyone is trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's because of people like you that I just have, I still have faith in humanity. Like you, you don't lose it on social media. You still keep your composure. You still try to help people, even though, you know, all of these, the situations are really weird. So I really thank you for doing this. Really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you. So thank if, you. If there's one thing that uh, <laughs> you <I'm> would... <laughs> You would want the listener to take away from this interview about their website or about their marketing. What is it? If there's anything else that you want to say. If there's anything anything at all? Now that is just way too open-ended. <laughs> People would, no, I'm going to stick on topic. I'm going to stay on topic. Okay. Um, you need to understand yourself, who you are and your business before you write any word that is visible publicly. Your website is not your personal scratch paper. Your website is the end result of a lot of work where you deciding who you are, what problem you solve, who do you solve it for, and what do you stand for? Once you decide that, then start crafting your message. Then be thoughtful about the images that you choose. Then you'll be able to audit the, the social media posts and say, well, why do I have these pictures? And who am I talking to? And am I solving problems? And you'll be so much more clear once you start from a centered place. Um, that would be the number one takeaway. The website is, is not the first step. It's actually many steps down the road after you develop the strategy and get centered beautiful i i know that people who are listening and watching are already have learned a lot some would probably left a few minutes ago because they they're already working on their website (laughs) 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 but you know i uh thank you also because i now i i've always so when when i started doing my my business I realized that I love filming weddings. Don't get me wrong, but I realized that I love cooking. I always, oh, I we pattern- have another one. <laughs> it's crazy. I I patterned my production system with cooking, like in the kitchen. Someone cuts the vegetables. Someone's making this. Someone's that. So I've always wanted to do that. And if you know, if this pandemic goes on and we need to move on to other things, I'm probably going to be a chef, and I want to put that in oh, my please, website. Please do. Oh man, I'm I'm there for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and for to those who are listening, I would love it if you tell them um, how to reach you and if they have any questions. 
Oh, for sure. I know I've already dropped in a couple of URLs, um, but you can email my team and I. Um, I probably the fastest way is to email uh, straight to my client concierge um, at hello at flourishmarketing.co. Um, you can also visit me at flourishmarketing.co and learn more about what we do. I would also love to see you on Instagram at Alea Harris and at flourishmarketing.co. And if you're particularly interested in social media, there is at the social media pantry cool well alaya thank you so much for this i really hope that we get to meet in person soon yes and um with masks on (laughs) (laughs) but uh i really thank you for for enlightening us i really appreciate it yes thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun and i hope that everyone gets a lot out of it definitely thank you all the best to you Thank you. You too. That's the end of another great episode. I hope you picked something up from our guest. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out by emailing me at weddingbossness at gmail.com. If you're looking for bite-sized episodes that have a little bit more of straight-up information about running your wedding business, the Wedding Bossness YouTube channel just got a facelift, and now it doesn't only have the video interviews from the podcasts, it also has shorter, informative, educational videos to help you, hopefully, answer your questions about your business. And they're all free. No catch. I know there's so much information that was provided today, so be sure to check out the show notes for the links down below. Special thanks to our guests for today and don't forget to visit their site after this episode. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun, and I hope that everyone gets a lot out of it. Definitely. Thank you. All the best to you. Thank you. You too. That's the end of another great episode. I hope you picked something up from our guest. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out by emailing me at weddingbossness at gmail.com. If you're looking for bite-sized episodes that have a little bit more of straight-up information about running your wedding business, the Wedding Bossness YouTube channel just got a facelift, and now it doesn't only have the video interviews from the podcasts, it also has shorter, informative, educational videos to help you, hopefully, answer your questions about your business. And they're all free. No catch. I know there's so much information that was provided today, so be sure to check out the show notes for the links down below. Special thanks to our guests for today and don't forget to visit their site after this episode. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again.